Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. Well, welcome back. Yes, we're back. We're back like a boomerang. <laughs> That's my new thing. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us again. It's um, been a, a crazy few weeks. We've kind of gone through um, a bit of the deeper theological discussion mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately haven't sort of had a lot of time to really get into that too much, but hopefully it's um, given you a bit of an idea of... Yeah, yeah. And I hope it, it just starts conversations mm. with people, just asking the real questions. I yeah. think we get caught up in a, a few of the surface issues um, that we don't actually ask the real questions. And so I yeah. hope, you know, that people start talking about that comment on our Instagram or Facebook, um, <laughs> ask us questions. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's um, just an awesome way to start conversations. Yeah. Um, and make sure to subscribe just yes. so that you can get notified when the next one drops and share it. Share it with anyone who you think the podcast might be a blessing to. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's been a full on couple of weeks and thank you for joining us on this journey. Yes. Thanks on this for conversation. sticking with us. Mm. Mm. And um, we've got a lot more to cover this week. Uh, It's crazy when we're reading each paragraph of this message that we received on Facebook. And then we try to, I don't know about you, but I I feel like I'm like, how do I fit all of my thoughts and everything I want to talk about and everything I want to explore? How do I fit it into 20 minutes or 25 minutes? It just raises so many questions and topics that are relatively common, um, but they just go down so many different paths mm. and it, they all lead into <laughs> other questions and comments and it, it is really hard to, to contain. Uh. But, um, but this today we're, um, we're going to read through the next few paragraphs. This, I think generally we've only sort of been reading through a line or two at a time. Yes. Um, so this is probably the longest part of the message that uh, we'll be dealing with up to this point. Um, and so she goes on to say, Evolution and creation are opposed to each other in the same way as marriage and same-sex marriage are. Marriage has a purpose, and that union is ordained by God, and even the physiology of humans supports it. The physiology does not support same-sex marriage. Sorry, but that's a fact. Jesus also says there will not be marriage in heaven, so there will be a different order of things, probably much higher. But while we are on earth, we have been given limits to our sexuality, as he knows this can destroy us if practiced unlawfully. If men can marry men, then so can children with children, if they so love each other. I mean, where is the limit? Love is not open to our personal definition. It is very clearly given in the Bible, and there are many types of love, but physical, sexual expression of that is reserved for married couples. Even those outside of marriage are forbidden and called fornication. There are so many tragedies associated with going outside the boundaries. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm just listening to that and I'm thinking, where do I begin? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and I hope hope it doesn't sound like we're attacking this person at all. Mm. No, no. And, you know, I don't want that to be. The, what people take away from this. Um, but rather, I think she has some very valid 
questions mm. or some very valid points. And common questions. Uh, common questions. Yep. And whether or not you agree with that is a totally different issue. Mm. But it is common and it is uh, some very um, valid questions that people ask. Um, and it comes, I think it comes from an understanding that we've had with us for generations. Mm. And in some ways, you and I still do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, with uh, when she's talking about... Um, evolution and creation being opposed to each other mm. and thereby um you know a straight marriage yeah um she basically extended extends that to a straight marriage and a gay marriage being yeah. uh, fundamentally opposed to, opposed to each other as yeah. well and some of us may get caught up in the whole evolution and creation side of it and that's a whole different conversation yeah. um about those two things but i think it comes from this a worldview, I guess, or understanding mm. um, that somehow um, evolution is a product of our secular world, yep. and creation is a product of a Christian mindset. Or a Christian and it's almost world. like evolution. People see it as something that tries to deny God's existence yep. and tries to remove God from the picture. Exactly. And so, it, yeah, it's almost like she's suggesting that a same-sex marriage is doing the same thing that it's removing God from the marriage. And the reason why people think would think that is because they see, um, same sex marriage as something that is a product of Mm. the secular world Mm. and not something that's a product of the Christian world or Mm. of the Bible. Mm. Um, or of the, yeah, the biblical perspective of marriage. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that's sort of the underlying thing here. Mm. And that's, I, I believe that's where she's coming from. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably I think that's important so important to keep in mind, mm-hmm. uh, especially when we talk to people we don't agree with yep. is um, the questions they may be asking are based on some underlying belief yes. or um, something that they've grown up with. And I think that's relatively clear in the as she continues on in that paragraph. Um, I think she starts to raise an underlying belief that is very common amongst Christians, although I don't know if they've they really think it out. And that is that she starts to talk about marriage having a purpose mm. and goes on from there to talk about physiology. Yeah. So I think it's relatively clear to me, at least, mm. that she's probably referring to this belief that the purpose of marriage is for procreation. Yeah. And, and that's a very good point because, and again, we get caught up in the labels we associate with marriage. Mm. Um, but I think the important question then is, what is marriage? Yes. Regardless of what, whether you're talking about a gay or a straight marriage or whatever mm. it might be, um, the question is, what is marriage? Mm. And What's so, the purpose? Yeah. Mm. And so that's the question I'm going to ask you right now, mm. Mr. Laredo. <laughs> <laughs> what is marriage? I mean, mm. everyone knows that we're getting married this year. Yes. Um, Daniel proposed to me uh, on the 1st of January. Mm. Um, so Easy to remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. So the, the beginning the, of the worst year of our lives. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> uh, yes. 2020 has been amazing. That's what I keep telling myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what is marriage? Mm. Um, uh, what do you think? Marriage? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I think, um, I guess in many ways, that's a question I had to ask myself um, a lot because... As a, as a Christian, in a sense, it almost would have been easier not to get married because 
that is something that clearly raises a lot of flags for mm. people, for Christians. And it, and um, I guess, for example, with us, um, we were allowed to be relatively involved with church until we got engaged. When we yes. crossed that line, it was just like, oh, now <laughs> you've taken that next step. No, that's too far for us. And so I think in many ways I kind of had to weigh up, well, what are the negatives and benefits of getting married and why do I want to get married? And, and in thinking through all of that, for me, I realized that marriage is about finding that special someone that I believe God mm. has put in my life to support me and to help me. And, and I think um, that to me, that's, that's what the original marriage was all about as well. Mm. It, was, it was God wanting Adam to have a companion Hmm. Um, and I think if we, if we actually look at that passage, um, in Genesis 2, 18 to 23, this is where the, the first marriage is, is found. It says, God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. So God formed from the dirt of the ground, all the animals of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The man named the cattle, named the birds of the air, named the wild animals, but he didn't find a suitable companion. God put the man into a deep sleep. As he slept, he removed one of his ribs and replaced it with flesh. God then used that rib that he had taken from the man to make woman and presented her to the man. The man said, finally, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And I think for me, what's significant here um, is one of the significant things. There's actually a lot there, but is that it was about God wanting Adam to have a companion and not just any companion. You know, he could have found animals. And, you know, we talk a lot about now these days, you know, dogs are a man, man's best friend. Mm. I'm sure there were dogs that might have been paraded in front of Adam. And yet that wasn't good enough for him. He, he needed someone that he could relate to, someone he could talk to. And, and in, in many ways, um, I hope you understand what I mean in saying this. I'm not trying to be blasphemous in any way, but even God wasn't enough. Mm. God knew that Adam needed a companion that was like him, another human being. That, and even Adam says, you know, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing thing that we shouldn't miss or gloss over um, and especially if you're someone who's listening to us and you don't have a Christian background um, thank you for listening <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to pause here and actually give a bit of context into uh, what's going on at mm. this point point. and so as Christians we believe that God created the heavens and the earth and this story can be found right in there as God is creating everything um, he creates man just as Daniel's read out. And it's interesting that at the very beginning or the very first words in that particular verse is that um, God recognizes that Adam, that it's not good for Adam to be alone. Mm. It's something that God recognizes first in the midst of creation. Mm. 
and after God has created Adam. So, um, you know, you've got the animals there, you've got everything that's like brand new. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking of when you go and buy a new car and the car <laughs> comes out and you're like, wow. Um, so yeah, everything's brand new and yeah. God is physically there walking mm. with Adam every day. You know, the Bible talks about them having conversations and mm. stuff like that. And so that's the context of this. Mm. But even before Adam realizes it for himself, God goes, it's not good for Adam to be alone. Mm. Um, he needs a companion, uh, which I think is just beautiful. And I think it goes to that point where you, where you said it might sound a bit blasphemous, but even God recognizes that he was not enough for Adam's experience to mm. be whole, uh, which I think is beautiful and, mm. yeah, just amazing. Think and about. I think in, in many ways that um, that kind of leads me to think about how what we were talking about um, a few episodes back, I think it was, where we talked about love and the oh. law and and how love is a central part of of God's word and the law. And, and I think that to me is almost this is another highlight of that going, well, God was enough in that God is everything and God is perfect, but mm. he also knows that for someone to experience love, they need someone else to love. Yes. Because love is a, a selfless yes. sort of thing and, and you can't fully love if you don't have someone else to, to, to love. love. And and so I think from that perspective, that to me is also a huge thing with, with marriage is mm. it's finding someone else that I can love unconditionally someone else that I can do life with that I can I can learn all of the good things all the bad things and love you know I love you despite everything that I know about you you know I love all the good and I love all the bad and I um you know I, I and I want to be here to support you mm. and I think I, I want I, I I want what's best for you yeah and I think for me that's what that's what marriage is about it's yeah. about finding someone else to do life with. Yes. Because ultimately, we I can't do this alone. Mm. And while God is enough yep. in a spiritual sense, in the sense that he is my support and he is my rock and he's my foundation, all that sort of mm. thing, he, he's not enough in the sense that I, I believe even he recognizes that I also need a companion Yes. A helper in this life, in this in this world we live in where now that we're out of Eden, now that now that sin has been introduced, I can't walk and talk with God side by side. And mm. yes, I can pray to him and, and he's always accessible to me. But I think that there is something there is something special about yeah. that marriage lifelong commitment to someone else that you you devote your life to them and you love them through the good and the bad and I mean the marriage vows it's it's through sickness through health until death do us part yeah. you know it, it's that's a lifelong commitment and yeah a lifelong commitment and companionship mm. and i think for me where we are at the moment in these verses it comes through so beautifully mm. because god is saying it's not good for adam to be alone mm. he needs a companion and God then parades. It's interesting because God does not go straight away and puts Adam to sleep and creates Eve. 
he goes and and creates the animals and then parades them mm. before Adam. Um, and it's almost like God is going, I know that you need this, mm. but I need you to figure it out for yourself. Yes. Um, and, you know, I just want to pause here and just say marriage is a beautiful thing. Mm. At the same time, I do accept that marriage isn't for everyone. No. But what is for everyone is God's will being mm. lived out in our lives. Mm. And how that looks might be mm. different. But at the end of the day, God wants to show mm. us something or he's taking us on a journey yep. to a certain point. But anyway, back to this <laughs> story. Um, it's interesting to me that God creates animals and then parades them in front of Adam. And it's almost like God is going, I know this, but I want you to mm. recognize it for yourself. And I've got a question. It, it almost seems like Adam doesn't recognize this until he sees Eve. Mm. Which is interesting. I think he gets the feeling that something is missing here. Mm. But until he sees Eve, it's the first time that he then yeah. goes, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. He ex- again, explains mm. it. And it's, it's like something that he's like light bulb mm-hmm. <laughs> um but i think that's again a beautiful thing just it reflects for me um just the beautiful lifelong companionship mm. this is a whole new world that god was building for adam and eve yeah. um sorry for adam to begin with and yeah. eve um but now he wanted to put these two people mm. there um to be companions for each other yeah and to take care of the garden yeah. um, and to live out this beautiful life. Um, yeah. And it begins with that companionship. And I think what's, I think the other thing that's really important for me in, in all of this is now the, the Hebrew word used for helper or that we mm. translate as helper there is the word Ezer or Ezer. I'm not hundred percent sure of the correct pronunciation, but it's used throughout the old Testament yes. to, describe God's relationship with Israel. And it basically means someone who can do for you what you cannot do for yourself, Mm. in a sense. And I think that for me is what is also really powerful because in that context, Eve is not subservient to Adam. Mm. She's not just there to fill a hole for Adam. Like she's not just there to, um, I guess, be underneath him as someone that oh well he needs a companion and well you're it yeah someone who's subordinate it's actually to me it kind of highlights the fact that it's a bit of a mutual it's a it's an equal arrangement and it's a mutual agreement that that they're both there to support each other and to help each other and that to me is is also what's really important because i mean here this this lady who's written us this message she starts kind of going, well, if men can marry men, then why can't children marry children? Mm. I think, well, to me, that's because that's not marriage. Marriage Mm. isn't just about two people coming together. It's so much more than that. And I don't believe children have the the mental development to be able to make that sort of lifelong Mm. decision about a companion. Um, Children are still developing, and I think that's just a... It's a scientific hmm. fact, but I think also even in the word, you can see that children are, children can be respected and they can be loved, but they're still developing. They're yes. still minors. And, and I don't think there's any way you can go in the world where people don't recognize that up until a certain age, we don't necessarily 
trust children to yeah. make the right decisions for themselves. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's a very good point that you bring out about the word Ezra. Um, that, that verse in the Bible that goes, I look to the hills from whence my help comes from. Mm. That's somewhere where the word Eze is being used again. And again, it's exactly that. It's not someone who's subordinate, but someone who's equal and mm. almost someone who can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Someone yes. who's coming in to save you. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, even in the New Testament, I would, you know, compare it to the word salvation coming mm. in to do for you, to save you because you cannot save yourself. But yeah, that, that's sort of what this word is getting at. Someone who is coming in to exactly be that, to be that companion, to be able mm. to do for Adam things he cannot do for himself. And I think what we miss every time here is that there's no mention of physiology because I know mm. she brings this up in her message. There's no mention of physiology being mm. some sort of um, criteria mm. for Eve, basically, yes. if that makes sense. Yep. The only criteria was someone who's able to be a helper to Adam, mm. someone who is able to work alongside him, yeah. um, to be an Ezra for yeah. him. Um, the criteria had nothing to do yeah. with the physiology if and we I think, read this fine to the message and i think it's it's interesting how a lot of people would probably be hearing that those of you who are christian and, and then know the story you're probably hearing that and going ah hang on a minute a few few verses later god says now be fruitful and multiply mm. yes he does but when he's instigating the marriage when he's actually almost giving a reason for yeah. this union this marriage this partnership yes it's not, he doesn't say it's not good for man to be alone because there needs to be more of them. Yeah. He just says it's not good for man to be alone and, and he needs a helper. Yeah. He needs a companion. He needs an easer, yeah. someone who can do for him what he cannot do for himself. That's such a good point, especially when I, <laughs> sorry, did I cut you off there? Um, that's such a good point. I grew up in Fiji. And a lot of the times um, when a man and a woman would get married and then a couple of years later, and they still don't have any children, mm. the woman would be looked down on. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because somehow we associate marriage with directly with having children. Mm. But it's beautiful what you just brought up. And that is when God was instigating this marriage, this coming together of these people, he was more looking at them working together yeah. and being a companionship, a, a couple, a unit, yeah. one unit. Um, the, the, the whole, you know, fulfill and grow yeah. and do all of that stuff that comes later. But mm. in the very beginning, when he instigated it, it had to do with that mm. companionship. And I think of so many people who I know, um, who are in straight marriages, for example, um, who can't have kids. Mm. And somehow we look down on that as if they've failed, um, mm. this commission by God. And I know I cannot ever have that experience mm. um and you know i'm sorry if i'm being insensitive to anyone who's going through that but i just want to encourage you that you know when god brought you and your partner together and it could be a straight relationship it could be a gay relationship whatever it might be or marriage um when god brings you together he's brought you to for a very specific reason, mm. reason and that is to be a companion mm. to each other to be in partnership with each yeah. other um having kids and all of that stuff that's you know mm. down the track and that's and i think for me i i see that as a gift mm. I, I believe absolutely that it is a gift to have children yeah. but i don't see that that is 
the purpose of marriage. I no. think there are stories throughout the Old Testament of people who were barren, who couldn't have kids. And that was a huge sort of burden mm. for them. And I understand that. And as you said, that even today, that can yeah. be seen as a, a huge issue. But you can see in those stories that there are times when God does grant them that gift of being able to bear children when mm. they thought they never could. And then in the New Testament... Now, there's only one example of this, but Mary, you know, we believe in the Immaculate Conception, you know, there there was no need for physiology there, you know. Like, Mary did not need a man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think if if ultimately it was just about procreation, God had other ways of doing of that. Doing it. Yeah. And I think one thing that I also just want to highlight in, in this, or, or I guess has been highlighted for me, is... In our discussion about why we wanted to get married or what marriage is for us, not once did we talk about sex. Yes. And yep. yet that seems to be what she and, and so many others focus on when they argue against same-sex marriage because they seem to distill it down to that. Mm. And absolutely, I believe that, that that is a gift of marriage and that is something special that is, um, I guess, confined to marriage. But that's not what it's about. And I think sometimes people miss that and they think that the only reason that, that gay men would want to get married is because they want to have sex. Well, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, that, that's, that's not the case. And I, yeah. I think it, it saddens me when I, when I think that people are distilling our relationship and our union yeah. down to a physical act. Yes. That... In many ways, I, I just find that really hurtful. Yeah. I just think, no, I have found this man that I love. Yeah. This man that I want to do life with, that is my easer, that is my companion. Mm. And I firmly believe that God has led us together mm. because he has a purpose for us and mm. he has a reason for us to be together. He yeah. has, he knows that we can do for each other something that we cannot do for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That to me is, is what marriage is about. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room. We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye.